Toronto FC, a team with a new direction after an off-season makeover. It's an all-Canadian affair. Matt working against Morgan. Puts it across the Lions! Yes! Marco DeVille! That's what we expected from him! To make those rainbows in my mind when I think of you sometime and I wanna spend some time with you just the two of us. Welcome to a special edition of the Two Solitudes Podcast. I'm Dwayne Rollins with Kevin Laramay. We're here to break down the trade that happened this morning between the Montreal Impact and the Philadelphia Union. Happy Jack, uh, Jack uh, McInerney, which is a guy that I always stumble with his name, so I might just call him Jack the rest of the way. But anyway, he's headed to the Impact uh, for Andrew Wagner, uh, the Impact's first ever Super Draft selection. Um, end of an era for uh, for the impact there, so much as they have an MLS era right now. But uh, I don't know, what are your initial uh, reactions to the trade, Kevin? Oh, I'm surprised. I'm the one thing I have to say. I'm a little sad for Andrew Wagner because his last moment in the Montreal Impact uniform is getting uh, booted out of the game and getting really emotional in the tunnel coming out of PPL Park. So it's kind of sad for that, but we all saw it coming. The writings were on the wall for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, well, and if you read some of the Philadelphia reaction, they're 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 quick to note that his uh, that they just. Traded for a guy that uh, gave them a certain gesture. They're suggesting in the uh, yes. to their supporter section as he was walking off the pitch, having received a red card after just coming onto the game. So that that'll be an interesting dynamic. I think the fans will probably be fans and get over it pretty quickly. But uh, but nonetheless, um, Wagner was a. We'll, let's, we'll just talk about Andrew Wagner off the mm-hmm. off the top. And um, you know, from an overall perspective, and not just looking at the last couple of days, uh, Kevin, what what is his lasting impression to the Montreal Impact fan? He's a workhorse. He has always had a great attitude. He's really smart. Beginning of the, when he first got here, he used to write a couple blogs. And we should have maybe read something in the situation. We haven't heard a lot about him for the last year or so. He's been more quiet, more reserved. He lost his best friend who was in the team. We all remember he used to room with Zarek Valentin in 2012, beginning of 2013, before Valentin got trade, well, loaned and then transferred. But it seems like he lost maybe the passion to play for Montreal that he had at the beginning. And it was easier before DeVaio got here. Remember, Wenger was here before DeVaio. Then DeVaio got here in June 2012, and then it all changed once we had an actual decent striker on top. Wenger never had a chance to broke out of, to broke in the starting 11, and he struggled to uh, basically get playing minutes. And it's always that vicious circle, Dwayne. You can't get minutes to get experience, and then you need experience to perform better on the pitch, but you can't get those minutes, so you can never perform better. So you never get those minutes. So yeah. it's always the same vicious circle that we see for young players at MLS. Yeah, well, yeah, you called the Kyle Becker uh, phenomenon here in Toronto, but uh, 
uh, we might touch on Toronto at the end of the podcast real quick, but we're not going to dwell on them now. Um, you know, to, to move it more to the current day, I think that uh, the one thing Impact fans could say, or Andrew Wagner could say, is that, that he did sort of have an extended trial at the end of the end of the gig, uh, where he did get three games when Devio was out mm-hmm. uh, to sort of show what he could do, and um, you know, he did get a goal, but uh, by and large, I think that the, it was a bit disappointing what what he was doing with the with what was being created. He wasn't finishing his chances, so to speak. Is that fair? Uh, that's very fair. And to segue into Jack McInerney, that's probably the best difference. For Wagner this this year, he has four caps and one goal. With probably 28 chances and probably like five balls coming off the line. McInerney played one game, had one chance, and had one goal. So that tells a story right there. Yeah, you know, McNary is a, is an interesting cat in the sense that he got really hot last year, um, and, and his stats are kind of skewed because of that. He he received he had 16 goals in the first half of last year. He was uh, an MLS All Star. Um, he was being got touted up with U.S. Men's National Team too. Yeah, and he was being touted as a, as maybe an outside chance to to be going to Brazil. No one is talking about him going to Brazil at this point. <laughs> well, um, he might go watch the games, but he's not playing. <laughs> If I win the lottery, I may go to Brazil yet too. But it's uh, you know, it, it it doesn't seem like he's uh he's going to be part of the U.S. national team anytime soon. You know, there's a possibility that uh, that this kid uh, he's only 21. We have got to keep that in mind that he may still develop. Exactly. Yeah, he scored a exactly. ton of goals at the U17 level. Yeah, that's the one thing we have we have to remember. He's been playing in a league for four years and he's 21. So he's an old 21. He's an experienced 21. So wait till he's 23. He's going to be playing like he's 30. Yeah, and, and this is uh, the potential, and he, you know, he has been touted for a long time as one of the great young uh, potential strike partners in, in in MLS. And I know that if you read read a lot of the the Philly uh, reaction, Philly previews at the start of the year, they were really hopeful that this guy would break out. And uh, um, this is an indication that that at least someone in the coaching staff doesn't believe that he he might. Now, the other side of that is that maybe there's been conversations that have taken place where where they understand that uh, he, he has an expiring contract at the end of this year and that there might have been an understanding between Philadelphia's uh, uh, management and and, uh, and Mr. Jack's management that, that he may be taking a shot at Europe at the end of this year. So this could be a case of Montreal. It was sort of a, you know, to use a hockey analogy, a doing rental. a rental. <laughs> yeah, um, Thomas Vanek, but on the hockey side, in the soccer side. Yeah, you know, and, you know, is that a bad thing necessarily? I'm not sure it is. Um I'm not sure it's. I'm not sure it's that bad of an idea. In, in with yeah, you're right. With 29 games, it's a big rental. Yeah, you, you, basically, we've talked before about maybe this being a transition year for the impact that uh, that yeah. they try and you know rely on Devile and, and see what else they can get and sort of poke around, maybe make a playoff berth if they can. We're in those lower slots and then really put a big splash on next year uh, with with some DP purposes and and you know, having a guy that expires and they don't have to worry about. Uh, uh, they can get some value out, maybe get a few goals, maybe revitalize his career in an area where he's not getting as much pressure. Um, mm-hmm. I think this might be a case where an American coming to Canada sort of um, failed to live up to the promise uh, on the national team level, get a less attention on that. That might help him from a pressure perspective. So we're sort of doing the reverse hockey thing now. Um, you know, that that could be a factor as well. Uh, I yeah, ran. And uh, on top of that, Dwayne, too, the fact that it's a salary cap league as well, the fact that his contract is. We're never sure in MLS, but uh, we, if we read between the line, we're ninety five percent sure that his contract is up this after this season. It's a uh, getting free about a hundred fifty thousand on the salary cap without uh, doing anything else, without getting rid of it another player or something like that. So it's a uh, freeing money for maybe Devio's replacement next year. Yeah, 
exactly, and that was my initial take on it from from Philly uh, from the Philly angle is that they they knew this was a guy that they they weren't entirely believing he was going to have a burst out year this year, so they didn't think they were going to help. He was going to help, and Philadelphia has loaded up to to make a run at, at doing something uh, beyond a playoff spot this year. Uh, so maybe they look at this and say, okay, this is a guy that's not going to help us right now. He's probably going to move on to the end of next year. Montreal wants to get rid of some salary at the end of this year. They, they're looking for a little bit of help now, a little bit of a roll the dice help now because they're kind of acknowledging where they are. Um, it kind of works out for both sides. Um, you know, the initial reaction, I think there's a lot of people in Montreal from what I've seen that are, are relieved that Winger's gone. Uh, you know, that might be a bit harsh, uh, but at the same time, you know, he, he's a guy that never really found a position. So the, the one thing I'll ask you as someone who's seen him a lot is, is you, what do you think his position is? Do you think he's a forward? Do you think he's a, a, a midfielder? Or where is this kid destined to play? I see him as two things. Either a midfielder that's a little forward but plays a hold-up type play. He's better than a lot of strikers with his back to the net. Holding the ball and uh, getting create, uh, creative chances as the players go past him on the wings. I see his maybe his future as a Connor Casey type, which is interesting because he's going to Philadelphia. And he's probably going to be under the wing of Connor Casey now, which is a big wing, by the way. But, yeah. <laughs> so, so he's going to, Connor Casey's probably going to help uh, Winger develop in a different type of striker that Marco DeVaio is. And probably with the uh, skills that Winger has, he has a better shot of doing a Connor Casey type play. Or um, or Eddie Johnson type play than a Marco Devaio or a pure striker like a Robbie Keane or Devaio. Yeah, there is no doubt of his athleticism and his intelligence. So mm-hmm. you would think that uh, with the proper coaching, they might be able to to get him to perform to a certain role. Did he necessarily fit Montreal's system? You can see Devaio being quite frustrated with him when he played together out there sometimes, just with the lack of, of soccer sense, so to speak, right? And uh, I think Philadelphia does generally play a more athletic style, so so maybe the fit will work for him down there. That's that's what I imagine. And there's always a Lamar Nagel effect when you leave Montreal. We see that in hockey. We saw that in baseball. And we're seeing it in soccer and football right now. Lamar Nagel left the impact, revitalizes his career in Seattle. Will Enrega do the same in Philly? I see it happening. It's Murphy's Law. Yeah, and to, to end the conversation, we'll go McInerney well as well. Again, I mentioned that there was that hot streak. Just to, you know, the Impact fans, uh, I think they're going to look at the numbers. They're going to see uh, 25 career goals and think uh, that's a one-in-four strike rate for a young kid. That's not too bad, but I think you have to be careful to realize that 16 of those 25 goals came in that three-month streak which really puts you at about 9 and 80. So he's had a much worse strike rate for the rest of his career beyond that. But he is a kid that uh, that scored a ton at the U17 level. And, uh, you know, he's only 21, as we said. So there, there might be a potential for this guy to, to break out and really supplement DeVille. Because I think if the impact, as we saw last week, uh, DeVille still has got a, a lot in the tank. I don't know if he's going to be able to play a full 34 games this year or, or if that's a good idea even. Um, but... You know, if they can find a guy that can that can put six, seven, eight goals in um, outside of uh, Devio's play, then then the impact could uh, could potentially be trying to get up there for for maybe uh, sneaking into a playoff spot. And, and once you're in the playoffs in this league, if you can get a hot striker going, you, you never know. We've seen uh, we've seen fifth seeds go on to to win titles all the time. So that's really the key in this league. So 
it's uh it's an interesting trade it's a trade that i think has a lot of different levels and a lot of different questions about it and uh you know that's one of the fun things about north american sports that we don't necessarily get when we follow uh, soccer in the old world is that these kind of mid-season trades like this and that we get to break down so uh we'll have fun watching how this uh, progresses in the next few weeks absolutely and we'll watch out this weekend too as well for a uh... Columbus playing Toronto in Columbus. Uh, Toronto's going to have a little injury bug, right, Dwayne? Yeah, it's it's kind of bleak here. Uh, people are are invoking. A, there's a famous game in in Colorado from many years back where they were uh, playing the water boy and they somehow managed to get a win um <laughs> we're going way back for that i think it was 2009 when that game happened that, that people are talking about that we have uh michael bradley coming off the international uh, uh game and uh where mexico in the u.s tied 2-2 bradley had a golden assist in that of a yeah, brilliant a assist if you, yeah it's a hell of a game for michael bradley which uh, proves that mls just must ruin players the way he played in that game but at any rate um <laughs> So you have him coming off the international break. You have Cesar is kind of questionable because he had a bit of a knee knock at the end of the of the game in Salt Lake. Uh, Defoe is absolutely defi- or definitely out. Uh, they're not saying it outright, but it looks like Rosario's out. Caldwell got a, a late red card suspension, yeah. which was after the fact, which MLS just seems obsessed with turning over its referees' decisions uh, lately. I don't know whether it's punishing them for the lockout or what because um, there were a couple red cards, cards that were overturned the other way this week too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's maybe a topic for Monday. But, um, yeah, and uh, Daniel, Daniel Henry is questionable now, too. Uh, so I expect there's going to be a lot of young faces out there and a lot of booting the ball towards Gibraltar, uh, uh, Gilberto. Gibraltar, I made a name up there. And uh, and maybe D-Row might be able to tap in. But it, it could be a long day down in Ohio. But, uh, you know, trust me, uh, Toronto fans are used to long days in Ohio. It's been, it's been a bit of a one-sided rivalry over the years as the uh, Trillium Cup whatever the hell that is. It's the ugliest cup ever, dude. It, it looks like a tin can that they've, like, jammed something on top. <laughs> they just split it open. <laughs> split open tin can. It's tall and mangly. It's, it's just the best scene ever is when Toronto only won it once, and it was when uh, Torsten Frings was the captain. So he was just, you, you know, German international has played massive games internationally, and in German getting handed this bloody tin trophy over whatever he's like he kind of looked at it and like handed it to daniel henry or something and walked <laughs> yeah, away. You take it. <laughs> i don't know what the hell this is but i don't want it anyway it yeah we have fun. vancouver too playing colorado this weekend it's going to be interesting to see if uh colorado can uh come back and continue to do well with their new coach and uh, can vancouver continue on the Mane show yeah you know vancouver's been uh columbus and vancouver are two of the darlings so far earlier this year uh, you know, Carl Robinson has them playing very pragmatically on the road and, and dynamically at home, and that's uh, that's a recipe for success in this league. So, uh, going to be an interesting weekend of action too. Of course, the Impact play the Red Bulls, uh, which is always exciting. Um, I'm not sure if I've heard whether Henri is you know off filming Entourage uh, the movie or whether he's gonna gonna play uh, this yeah. week or not. But I'm uh, pretty sure we were not gonna see Henri this weekend. Yeah, he uh, he tends to you know he plays when he wants, uh, you know, so to speak. So. Uh, he, he plays what he wants. He plays what he wants. He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so it's going to be a fun week. Uh, we're we're going to leave it at that today. Uh, just a quick little uh, podcast to, to talk about that trade. And, uh, you know, don't we don't expect trades every Friday. But if we uh, we have time and we have the ability, we will break down uh, news like this from time to time over the years on the Two Salt Two uh, podcast. So uh, uh, thanks for listening today. And I uh, hope you enjoyed our bonus coverage. And we'll we'll talk to you Monday. Good things might come to those who wait, but not for those who wait too late. We gotta go for all we know. 
Just the two of us We can make 